Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. I hope you are doing well today. There is a song that I used to listen to, and there was a line in it that said this. Oh, communication, so many ways to get it wrong. Today we're talking communication, and the truth is, oftentimes, the most important people for us to communicate well with are the very people we don't communicate well with at all. And that is going to be part of the topic of today's conversation. Now, our guest today has been helping his customers across North America communicate effectively for more than a quarter century. He believes that if your employees do not understand and live your mission, vision, and values, your customers will never believe in them. He's the author of Powerful Personal Brands. He's the facilitator of the How to Retain Employees Through Leadership Workshop and Course, and he hosts the YourLivingBrand.Live show. Here is Ben Baker. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. So I like to start off every interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some tips and insight for us to implement in our own lives. So you ready for this? I'm ready. What is some lesson saying or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? You know what? The biggest lesson that I have is that I don't know everything. I never will know everything. I can't know everything. And I think that... The more you embrace that, the more you're comfortable with it, the more you understand that you can't help everybody, you can't know everything, and you can't have all the right answers all the time. It's very freeing. It's very freeing to sit there and say, you know what, this is what I know, this is what I don't know, and be able to surround myself with great people that have skills that I don't, that I can rely on when I just don't know the answer. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer of saying, you know what, that's a great question. I'm not really sure. Let me find out the answer for you and let me get back to you. And I find that my customers are, you know, gratified for me for saying that. Instead of me sitting there going, you know what, it could be this or it could be that. It could be the other thing. I go back and I actually find out what the real answer is and get back to them. And I think that that's, that's a really, you know, great thing for anybody to learn. You know, and it's something that we constantly need to learn is that it's okay to not know because there's so much information out there coming at us. And, and what was true yesterday may not be true today. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Leader is patient. A leader is someone who uh, inspires. And a leader is someone who communicates effectively. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? The question they should be asking themselves is, how can I lead better? The question that they should be asking others is, how can I help you? What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? 
it really depends what you want to focus on on leadership. I'm a big believer of relationship management and Cody Bateman's new book out there. And I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of it, but Cody Bateman, who is the the uh, the founder of Sound Out Cards, just wrote a brand new book on relationship management. And I think that's a great book for a lot of people to read. You know, there are books, Getting to Yes uh, by uh, by Uri uh, and Fisher is is a great book. You know, there's there's lots of them that have been up there for the last 40, 50 years, some of them that that people have forgotten about. And the best thing about these books is that the people who are sitting there telling stories and making it, you know, relevant to you are probably the ones that are going to resonate with. So there could be books that that I appreciate that you may not. You know, so it, it, it you know, I, I find books that are, you know, are very personal. Now, just looking it up out of curiosity, but is the Cody Bateman book, The Power of Human Connection? Yeah, that's it. Mm, great. So if you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? I think that every leader could learn how to listen better. And I think, you know, taking people that you lead out for coffee individually and sit there and say, what are you passionate about and why? And then shutting your mouth, opening your ears and listening and understanding each and every single person that they work with and what is that motivates these people? Because every single one of these people are going to be motivated by something differently. And if you can understand what motivates individual people, you can help them be the best that they are. And we have our final arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? You know what? There's there's arguments for both. I'm a big believer of why not, because why not leads to bigger possibilities. Why, you know, why not leads you to sit there and say, you know what? Why don't we try this? The, you know, the, the best things have ever happened in business is because people take a chance. And why not is that let's take a chance, let's take a little bit of a risk, let's take a calculated risk and see where it takes us. So I'm a big believer in why not. Well, Ben, we are here today to talk about your work. You are an internal communication consultant and you have a number of resources that you provide to people. What was it that got you involved in leadership, though, in the first place? You know, leadership is something that has evolved over the last 25 years. Um, I've been in marketing and communication for 25 years. I started off in, uh, I moved out of high tech about 25 years ago in high tech sales and moved into communications and have done everything from direct mail to promotional marketing, to guerrilla marketing, to trade show development, to social media marketing, everything in between and, and realized that most people do not understand their brand before they understand what they're marketing. And the the brand is who am I and what am I about and why should people care about me? And that has really evolved into the internal communication because there's, there's tons of companies out there that will help you market externally to your customers. But most, com- most people are not focusing on how do you market to your internal customers, which are your employees, how do you motivate them? How do you get them to understand the value of your organization? How do you get them to become brand champions and become advocates for your brand so they stay engaged? You know, you can retain them and they're going to grow within the company. And that's all comes down to communication and leadership. Until companies understand that if their employees don't 
you know, get their brand, if they don't believe in their brand, if they don't, you know, advocate for the brand, nobody else will. You have to have passionate people inside the company for a company to thrive. So when you're working with organizations, do you tend to find that they just don't have an internal brand or is it more an issue of they misunderstand who they are or are different with their customers than they are with their employees? I think that a lot of companies don't realize that branding is both an internal exercise and an external exercise. You know, they assume, oh, our people know what we're all about. Our people know what our direction is. Our people know what what's important to us, but they don't talk about it. You know, they sit there and say, oh, well, they see our marketing out there, so they must know what we're doing. But they don't send things out there that are relevant to people inside. They're not, they're not, before they go out there and market a program externally, they should be marketing it internally. Perfect example was there was an airline that, you know, and I wasn't involved in this project, a very good friend of mine was, where they changed the entire branding package of the airline, the, the message, the marketing, the vision of the company. And before they launched it out to the public, this this company got on their private jet and flew to every single airbase that they you know that they represent and had the president of the company stand up in front of the employees and present the brand personally to them before everything went out to the public so that way by the time the public got word of what was going on every employee could already tell the story every employee was already buying in every employee already knew what the direction was and how they fit into that particular program, you know, and that was a successful launch. You know, there's too many companies out there that you know launch in a vacuum. They don't let their, their employees know what's going on. They don't, you know, tell the story internally. And then all of a sudden, you know, a customer calls up and says, well, I hear you're doing this. And you, the answer you get back is we are, you know, and, Nothing feels worse to a customer, to an employee, that the customer knows more, more about what's going on internally in the co- company than they do. So, when it comes to making sure that you do your internal marketing well, is something like this top down approach of having the president come and visit and present, is that the level that most organizations need to go to? Are there other things that they need to be thinking about? What are some steps that you would recommend to people who are, are wanting to make sure they do a better job of this within their organization? I think it depends on the size of the organization. I mean, are you an organization of 20? Or are you a, uh, an organization of 20,000? You know, it's a lot more difficult to have a single town hall or a series of town halls for an organization of 20, 50, 100,000 than it is to have one for 20 or 30. So you need to sit there and say, okay, what is the way that's going to be, you know, most relevant to people? How do we get the information out, you know, as quickly as possible, as relevantly as possible in a way that makes sense to people that people are going to buy into, you know, within that? And it can't just be we do it once. It has to be, this is how we communicate within the organization. This is how important things get, you know, disseminated. Because if everything happens by memo, if all of a sudden, you know, the company makes a major change and it becomes a memo and and it gets thrown in with 200 other memos they went out that week, no one's going to pay attention to it. You know, you need to sit there and say, this is important. These are the things that are game changing for our company. We need to sit there and say, how do we make sure that everybody is involved in this and everybody understands this and people understand this is game changing? So 
It may be video messages. It may be a town hall. It may be a series of town halls. It may be uh, a Facebook Live, you know, uh, fr- from the president. You know, there's so many different technologies out there that you need to sit there and say, what's the right technology for our corporation? How are people going to, you know, internalize this best? And it may end up being, depending on the size of the organization, it may end up having to go out two or three different ways because different people are going to, you know, disseminate the information better. Your engineers, for example, may want a written document where your marketing people may want a one minute video. You know, it all depends on what's the level of information that people want to digest because certain people want all the hay in the bar and they want all the details and they're not going to be feel comfortable until they get it where other people want a 50,000 foot view. And they say, okay, great. That's where we're going. Wonderful. I'm buying in. Excellent. It's just a change from A to B. Fine. I get it. Let's go. And you need to understand that you're going to have that whole range of people within an organization and be able to sit there and say, okay, how do I make sure that everybody gets the information in a way that's relevant to them? And one of the things you talked about a few minutes ago is the idea of relationship management as a leader and making sure that you're spending in as much as possible one-on-one time with your people. Is this something that is part of this process as well, or should these one-on-one conversations be something that you're doing regardless of whether or not change is happening in an organization? Well, I really think that, you know, there used to be management by, you know, by foot power. And I can't remember the exact phrase that people use, but, you know, where senior executives and CEOs actually walk through the company, actually sat down and talked to people, had coffee with people, had conversations with people and found out what was going on by having conversations with various levels of people within the organization. That has to happen more. I just listened to a great interview on Forbes magazine with Kevin Johnson, the the CEO of of Starbucks. And he said, you know what? We've got 27,000 stores, whatever, across God knows how many countries. He likes going out and having these, you know, let's grab six baristas in this store. I'm going to buy them whatever they want. And I'm going to sit down and find out what's on their mind. If the C-suite just stays in the C-suite, if they just stay in in their offices and they don't actually get out and talk to individual people within the organization, they're making their decisions based on dashboards. They're based on information that's passed on from the, you know, from the manager to the regional manager to the director to the vice president to the senior vice president to the, you know, to whoever is in charge of that department in the, in the C-suite. And then it, all that stuff is dashboarded onto one page and a decision is made. Well, how much information is filtered and how you know bad is the decision sometimes based on the information that they're not getting the entire story because they're not seeing what's going on at the operational level. You know, I, I truly and absolutely believe that every organization needs to send everybody out to the operation level on a, on a regular basis to see what really is happening within the organization and not what's been disseminated up the, up the ladder and whitewashed to be able to make sure that everybody looks good along the way. So the one-on-one conversations take time, and I know it's one of those things that's probably too important not to do, but when it comes down to it, people feel like their time's already maxed out. Do you have any recommendations to people for how to do this effectively and maybe how to think about their schedules and how to make time for these types of interactions? Well, I think you need to understand this is what is your job as a leader? 
your job as a leader is to take care of the people below you, is to make sure that the organization itself is successful and that the people below you, the people that you're responsible for, are successful. If we take that view and make that view our number one goal, you know, if we take care of our people, they will take care of our customers. If we take that look at our goal, the time that you spend is invested. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not time that's wasted. It's not time that's, that's spent. It's time that's invested. You know, if you've got a hundred thousand employees, you know what? It's really difficult for you to be able to do one-on-one conversations. However, you know, you have people in, and I'm trying to remember what his name, what Mark's last name is. I think it's Mark Schumann who works for, I'll have to get the name of the organization. It's one of the, the big contractors to the airline industry, but they've got 30 or 50,000 employees. He's their vice president of culture. He has 30 different conference calls every single month with people from around the world. And there might be 20 people on the call and there might be 30 people on the call, but he does 30 different calls a month and he takes all that information And he disseminates that into a five-minute piece that goes out to the entire organization. Mm. You know, and if it's a matter of sitting there going, how can you utilize your time and how can you utilize technology, but still make it so it's a humanizing factor in order to really listen to people? You know, so you have to sit there and say, maybe we need to have somebody on board who is the vice president's culture, and that's their job. That's their job to actually sit there and listen to people on a daily and weekly basis and get the pulse of the organization and find out what we're doing well and what we're not doing well and be able to be that person who's unfiltered and has access to the C-suite and has access to the CEO and is sitting there on an organizational level and say, listen, this is what the people at, at the operational level are actually saying, not what the dashboard is, you know, is saying for you. So, it's a matter of sitting going, what are your priorities as an organization? You know, are your people a priority within your organization or are they just another commodity that, you know, are interchangeable? Are they, you know, Bob and Sue and Dave and Alan and, and Betty or are they 54329? You know, who are your people and how important really are they to you? You know, get away from the, the vision mission statements where our people are, you know, are so important to us. Are they truly? And you have to live that in order to you know, to make it true. Now, I'm sort of curious how you went from high-tech sales to where you are now. Is your interest in internal communication and making sure that customers are on board with things connected to previous experiences? Or whenever you transitioned from your old job, did you just begin to, over time, see this as a need that organizations had? Being in sales as long as I've been in, I've been in sales over 30 years, you know, people have always been important. You know, those those one-on-one conversations have always been important. The, the conversations of saying what really went wrong, you know, and how do we fix it together? You know, that that has always been. And from the time I was a kid, I mean, I grew up in the construction industry. Uh, my father has a commercial renovation company and dealt with multi-million dollar projects on a regular basis. And his viewpoint is whatever it takes to take care of the customer. And you need to listen to the customer and you need to be involved with the customer and you need to work with the customer to make things successful. And I grew up with that. So that has been with me since I was probably six or eight years old, you know, is, is the fact that we need to take care of our people. We need to make sure that our people 
are listened to, they're understood and they're valued. If we, if we listen to people, we understand them and we value them, a lot of the problems go away. You know, a lot of the issues that, that go on in day-to-day business, you know, whether it's with clients or whether it's with employees or whether it's with vendors, if we listen to people, we understand them and we value them. We don't have to agree with them, but we have to at least value their opinion. You know, things things are are solved a lot simpler and things you know are understood a lot better because of it. So I'm wondering, what are some of the positive effects when you've taken the time to make sure that your employees know the changes that are happening when they're on board with what you're doing when you've communicated well what should be some of the expected positive outcomes from this type of focus on communication within an organization well the number one thing is is lack of turnover i mean turnover kills companies they say today i think it was inc magazine says that 70 percent of employees today are, are disengaged Forbes says that 50% of employees are out there either actively or passively looking for another job. And this is costing the U.S. economy. Gallup says this is costing the U.S. economy about $500 billion a year. If you translate that down to a company basis, every employee that you lose is costing you about $100,000 to replace. So if we take a look at this from a purely dollars and cents point of view – by engaging your employees, by by listening to them, to understanding and valuing them, you know, so they know, like, and trust you. It's amazing. They're going to stay longer. They're going to become more valuable. They're going to become advocates for your brand. They're going to be more productive. They're going to, you know, treat your customers better. They're going to give your customers a better customer experience. Your customers are going to, in turn, become more loyal. And you know what? You stop being a commodity. You start being a brand worth loving and a brand that people talk about and want to do business with. So it's it's a real, you know, sweeping cycle. By taking care of your people, your people will take care of your customers, and that leads to profits. Now, at the beginning of the show, we mentioned that you have a course, How to Retain Employees Through Leadership. And I'm wondering, what does that look like? Is that something that is applicable for every leader within an organization or is it focused on certain people? What I've done is over the last two years, I've taught this as a live course and live course was really designed for senior management. It was a two day live and intensive workshop. You know, it was two eight hour days uh, sitting there, you know, the second day is running through a case study, but it's really getting people down into digging into the human side of leadership what I've been asked is, can you turn this into an online course? You know, so the majority of our people within an organization can able to do it. And on January 15th, I will be launching this as, as, a, as an online course. It'll be online, it'll be on demand, and it'll be mobile friendly. So that way people can take it as and where they are. And what it is, is it's a series of 22 videos. I think there's about 37 or 40 questions that are essay type questions where I'll ask you a question and you need to dive into it. And there are no right or wrong answers. It's, it's what do you believe? What are your thoughts on this? What, you know, where are, what's your direction? What are you passionate about? And it's, it's a really about self exploration and be able to explore and say, okay, not only who am I as leader, but the people that I'm leading, what do they think as well? So that's where this course is and it's certificate, you know, there is a certificate at the end so people can do that. 
And it's, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be at courses.yourbrandmarketing.com. And we're going to have that linked in the show notes as well. But I appreciate you saying that here just in case people are listening. They can just go to it right now. Could you give that one more time if people were maybe caught off guard right there? Yeah, it's courses with an S dot yourbrandmarketing.com. Now, I'm also a little bit curious. Did you have to change anything when you're thinking about presenting something online versus in person? Does an element of the course change or maybe your presentation of the course change? It does because the live course is very engaging. You know, it's very engaging. It's really me with a very small group of people, you know, 20 to 25 people at, at the very maximum. And it's it's a lot of one-on-one back and forth. And the course is very fluid. You know, the course is extremely fluid in the fact that we may, you know, we may skip sections, we may go back to sections, we may spend more time in one section, we may spend less time in another section, but it's okay because it's how is that group dynamic going? And, you know, I've taught this course live numerous times and every time it's different. Every group it's different. Uh, with the online course, each one of these videos are under five minutes. You know, there might be one or two that are, that are six minutes, but they're designed to be quick hits. They're designed to sit there and say, here's a specific thought. Here's a specific thing for you to be thinking about. Now, here's a question and you need to answer it on your own. And what I've done is in on the course is I've also put a Q&A section where if somebody just doesn't quite get it, if there's something that you just don't understand, you just it just is, you know, plaguing you for whatever reason, you can email me. And what I'll do is I'll turn around and I'll create a short video on it and I'll post it up into the um, in the Q&A section and also send you a copy of the of the video as well. So that way, everybody, if my attitude is if one person doesn't understand it, probably there's a lot of people that are getting it as well. So it allows me to clarify certain points, but it also allows me to have that little bit of one on one engagement with people, you know, as they're having challenges within the course. Now, I'm assuming that you may have had some experience with online courses before. Some of the listeners may not have. Do you have any recommendations for how to make the most of an online course? Because you've just talked about some of the differences between doing something live versus doing something online. Any recommendations for how to make the most of an online course, especially yours? I think for an online course is to set yourself a realistic expectation of how long it's going to take you. You know, don't try to binge through a course, you know, especially a course as long as mine is. Um, if you know, it's not Netflix where you just binge the entire thing and say, okay, I got it done in three days. You know, you could do you it know, literally it's, it's an hour and a half of videos. You could, you could sit there and watch an hour and a half of videos of all time, but where the real benefit is, is to sit there and actually take the time and think about it and actually write your answers and rewrite your answers, you know, as the video, cha- you know, as, as you gain more information through the series of lessons, you know, I've written it in such a way that you don't have to take the course in a linear fashion. You could do lesson one, then do lesson five, then do lesson two, then do lesson six, and then whatever. You know, do them in whatever way you want to do them. It's a matter of sitting there going, okay, it's it's learning the way you want to learn. And everybody learns differently. I am a much better learner live. I much prefer to teach live. I much prefer to learn live. But there's a lot of people out there that like to learn, you know, uh, online on their own time in their own way. And that's okay. 
And that's why I did the course the way I did it is to be able to give a method for people to learn in a way that's comfortable for them. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave the listeners with that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet or that you would like to reiterate from our conversation today? You know what? The one thing I like to stress is that leadership is not a title. It's an attitude. You know, anybody can lead from any level. It doesn't really matter whether you are, you know, a six-month employee or a 16-year employee. You know, it's being able to sit there and say, okay, I understand what the value is. I understand what the challenges are, and I'm here to help. Leadership is about making other people better. It's about teamwork. It's about creating opportunities for other people to succeed. You know, it's not always about you. It's not always about your own glory. It's about helping other people be the best they can be. And when you do that, you get recognized. And you can't be promoted as a leader. You can't move from being a district manager to a regional manager to a, you know, a, a vice president until you can provide them with the names and the, and the people that are qualified to take your position. Why should you be promoted unless you're helping promote people below you? It's all about being able to inspire people and be able to communicate effectively and tell a great story. So I tell people, find out what you're passionate about. Find out why you're passionate about it. Find out what motivates you and take the time to find out what motivates other people. It's an amazing journey. Well, Ben, if you would go ahead and remind people where they can go to learn more about you, your course and your work. Everything is available through yourbrandmarketing.com. You can get to podcasts that I've been interviewed on. You can get to my podcast, the Your Living Brand Live show. There's uh, access to uh, my book where you can go and it will take you right to the uh, to the Amazon page. You can go to my online courses. Everything is available. Even get to me through social media. You know, the best way to get in touch with me is through LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my time. But everything is available at yourbrandmarketing.com. All right, Ben, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You know, Josh, thanks for having me on the show. I had a blast. Now, if you don't know what I'm going to say for at least one of my three key takeaways for today, you don't know me well enough. One of the things Ben said is something that Angie Ward said in her interview last week. And it's the idea that leadership is not just a title. Angie said it's about who you are. And Ben said something very similar. He said, leadership is an attitude and anyone can lead from any level. The second takeaway that I have is that branding is both an internal and an external exercise. And I think oftentimes we think about it as an external exercise. But the truth is that if employees don't understand and advocate for the brand, no one else is going to do it. So make sure that you're marketing to your internal customers, meaning your employees first. And finally, your job as a leader is to take care of the people below you. If you listen to people, if you understand them, and if you value them, a lot of the problems go away. Now, if you liked what you heard from Ben today, his course, How to Retain Employees Through Leadership, is live now. So if you want to take that online, you can go to courses.yourbrandmarketing.com. Be sure to check out show notes for other links to get in contact with him, and I hope to see you back here on Friday. Until then, keep living and leading well. Thank you. 
Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.